Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Passive House Podcast. I'm Zach Semke, Director of Passive House Accelerator, and we're pleased to be sharing a series of bonus episodes recorded at the International Passive House Conference 2023 in Wiesbaden, Germany. These interviews were made possible by support from Icon Windows and Doors, Inotech Windows and Doors, Intelligent Membranes, Minotaur, and Proclima. Please enjoy this bonus episode. sessions or the session where you were a chair and it was really really interesting and uh, yeah I would like to talk to you about this uh, session that was actually a policy for deep retrofits why and how yeah so could you tell us a little bit how it came about to um, you know set up the session and how it was organized there in a very specific way and um, yeah, yeah, what your intentions were. Well, I mean, we all know that buildings are incredibly important when it comes to achieving our climate goals, but not only that, I mean, buildings are, it's a matter of health, it's a matter of comfort, it's its where we live, where we spend all of our time, right? So this isn't something that can be done in the amount that we need voluntarily. It needs to be shaped by policy. And so that's where the idea from the se for the session really came from, um, going from the, of course, we're here in Europe, so from the EU level, and I would say that for all of um, the complaints, and it's not an ideal world, but the EU level, the EU is really quite a forerunner when it comes to um, comes to policy for energy efficiency and in climate generally. Um, and I personally, I, I work for Climate Alliance. It's European-based, but we are the world's largest city network that is dedicated to fair and comprehensive climate action. So um, for us and for our members, which are cities and towns, buildings are also very important. I've been working with the Passive House Institute through a project um, by the name of Outfit, and that's kind of how this came together, that we said, okay, well, let's go from the, the EU level, like a continental level, which you could compare to the US level, right, um, down to an NGO reaction to what the EU level is planning, um, down to the regional, well, actually to the national level, because national, you could compare that in the US to all the different states. It's, it's a federal system in the US, and in Europe you have all of these nations that have their own legislation. Um, building codes are crazy across the U.S., right? You can only imagine when you put that into different languages and different cultures. Um, so how does, how does that all compare? And then let's go a little bit further and look at the regional level. Uh, we're sitting here in Hessen. Um, it's a region of Germany. And, or, well, they call it a state here in Germany, but kind of would be like compared to a county, perhaps. Um, how are they implementing um, high energy renovations? How are they supporting high energy um, renovations um, with various programs that they have running? And then really the micro level, um, how do we know that what is planned is what we're actually getting out of the planning? So you can have the most amazing building on paper, but if it doesn't actually work, you're not really getting anywhere. Yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, that was kind of the idea behind it. Yeah, no, that, that was really, really a very great session. And maybe just really quickly, can you introduce yourself so that the listeners... Can... <laughs> of course, <laughs> I just started. We, yeah, we just um, jumped right in. My apologies. Uh, my name is Sarah Mekjian. And I work at Climate Alliance, which I um, think already said what it was. Um, my background is varied. Uh, so I come originally from California. I've been on this side of the Atlantic for half of my life now. <laughs> I don't want to say how old I am. No, for about 20 years. Um, and I kind of started with um, biology and environmental sciences, but also linguistics and then kind of did, um, environmental sciences, I don't know if I said that, and then um, looked into how we communicate uh, sustainability. So that's why I'm currently working for a city network on how we're communicating sustainability and how we're um, moving towards those goals. Because you see, like, you can talk when you're looking at buildings, you can talk about the details, you can talk about the building physics, you can talk, but really, if we want to get things done, you need to first communicate it properly. So yeah. that's kind of where my focus is. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that is that is so important. That's such a good good point. Um, yeah, I think for me, just coming to this session, I was just really interested in just seeing how do things actually get done on yeah. what level right you always talk you always think oh yeah the the eu has all the power or the or the um the government or the state or whatever but if you really look at it a little closer it always turns out that it's actually the people on the ground that get most of it done right yeah um and i mean that's kind of our mantra at the city network um, yeah. at climate alliance because at the end of the day, you have all these rules and regulations that come from the EU level, um, trickle down or are transposed into the national level. Then you layer on top of that your regional level. But who's doing the work? Mm -hmm. The municipalities. Yeah. They're the ones who are shaping policy, implementing it. Um, yeah. And actually, they have a lot of flexibility and a lot of power partially not realized um, potential to go far, way farther than, than the EU level. And we see that in, in a number of, of cities that have, for example, passed passive house legislation long before the EU ever caught up mm -hmm. um, and are going over and above. Uh, so municipalities do have a lot of sway. They just need to be brave enough to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. And do they do they go back to the higher level to get more support, or how does that work? Is the, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, you kind of have to fit it into whatever programs are, are running. So I think a lot of what the passive house community, I think, around the world is asking for is that passive house benefit is recognized, um, so that it gets the funding. So the, not not that it becomes the standard for everyone. Yeah, although that would be amazing. <laughs> Let's of face course. it. <laughs> but um, that that it's at least recognized yeah. so that it can get and and there's yeah. um, there are ways then to sometimes you have to do a double calculation. Okay, you you do your your passive house or NFIT, and then you have to calculate it according to the national uh, calculation to get the funding. Um, but there are, I would say, everywhere in Europe from the EU level at least 
um, and then often layered, there's there's another um, regional level, or there's there's a lot of different funding pools yeah, yeah. that you can take advantage of if you know how. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it was interesting to see that comparison between, for example, Germany, France, and Spain. Right. Because everyone is under the EU umbrella, but everyone does have different standards. Completely. So how do you really even them out to distribute? funding in a I don't know the right way <laughs> yeah I mean that's that's even a bit over my head um, yeah. it also it has to do with population it has to do with need I mean yeah. a lot of the Eastern European countries are getting more help because mm -hmm. they're a little bit yeah. farther behind yeah, yeah. Um, or don't have as many resources as Germany yeah. for example yeah, yeah. Um, but also too if you look at it wasn't really clear in the presentation on what the EU is planning, but whereas Passive House and Enerfit are are clear, you, it's always 15 kilowatt hours or 25, right? Um, the different classes of energy efficiency in the national um, performance certificates, like in Europe, pretty much you, you look at a building and they have a, a little code. Mm -hmm. Is it A, B, C, D, just mm -hmm. like with light bulbs? Yeah, yeah. Um, an A in Germany is not the same as an A in Spain. Yeah. B is it's it's all very relative. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was reading into it, and the the idea for the new we're going to see what happens next week, but is that they take the worst fifteen percent of the buildings in any country, and those become the G level, and then all of the other letters up till A are distributed equally. Across the building stock, yeah. and A is then this zero emissions building. Yeah. So that means that the scales that you're looking at are completely different. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine the scale in Bulgaria is not yeah. the same as in Denmark. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Do you think it has something to do also with climate? Like thinking about um, comparing that to the state set up in the United States, right? Where mm -hmm. there's just I think the big differences there are really uh, due to different climate zones, mm. right? Is yeah. that something that you looks at as well, or is that I'm, I'm totally sure different? I'm sure they do, yeah. but I think, yeah, and there's also different traditions. But I know mm -hmm. Italy uh, was feeling uh, neglected, supposedly, because they have so many um, buildings dated, dating from the 1200s, mm -hmm. stone buildings. What are they going to do? Yeah. They're, um, they're not yeah. going to insulate them from the outside. That doesn't, you know, they're, yeah. they're traditional, they're historical. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's different building traditions, uh -huh. but I think it's also this tendency to kind of want to do your own thing. No, I mean, you hear the, the sentence American exceptionalism. I think every country has a, a, a version of exceptionalism. No, but we are different. Um, yeah, yeah. And so then they fight to have their own, yeah. even though building physics is the same everywhere. Yeah, and yeah, the Passive yeah. House Standard and Enerfit, mm -hmm. um, they do take climate into account, mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's more of a, we want to do our own thing, we're different. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was a good point that one of the presenters had, that physics is the same everywhere, and what really counts at the end is how the building is performing, right? It doesn't even matter what which category the building is in or, or you know, how, which certification it can right. need at the end. It really just matters how it performs. 
and that has something to do then with developing the outfit standard, correct? Right. So, I mean, I thought his point, um, Wolfgang Haspa was the one who brought that up with the monitoring, was really interesting because he said, okay, let's let everybody do their own thing and have their own regulation, sure. But at the end of the day, how the building performs, you can't argue that. Like, right. Exactly. That's directly comparable. So let's, yeah. let's make sure it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Looking at Outfit, which is the project I'm working on, uh -huh. um, it's really interesting. It's kind of going a step above because we're looking at renovating to the Enerfit standard, so really high energy efficiency, mm -hmm. but how do we make that faster, more affordable, mm -hmm. and more reliable? Yeah. Um, so the, the monitoring program that we talked about where it's all put into a database and you can directly compare, mm -hmm. that comes from Outfit. That's a quality assurance yeah. Uh, measure. Yeah. Um, but what we're dealing with Outfit a lot is, I mean, not in every pilot project that we're running, but is looking at prefabrication mm -hmm. to um, try and make it way faster and easier and less complicated to get renovation done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this has been done a lot. Um, the energy sprung. It was a great idea, but it didn't always, it doesn't always result in super high efficiencies. How do we bring those together? Yeah, yeah. Um, is what we're looking at now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very, very interesting. So the, yeah, the goal is really just to do more uh, deep energy retrofits to the um, you know, classical standard, basically. Yeah, maybe you could just uh, explain outfits a little bit more. I think that's just such an interesting approach. Yeah, um, I, I agree completely. Um, it's basically looking at, um, we're in 10 different countries throughout the EU, um, in each in each country we have at least one pilot project. So, um, and in some countries we have several where, um, we're looking at the building. It's, they're typically residential buildings, but not always. Um, there's like an old age home, school, um, and working with the architects, the, um, planners, the funding agencies to get it to the Enerfit standard using prefab if possible. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not possible everywhere. Um, for example, in, in Spain, in Greece, there's been some issues. They're trying to streamline the process, uh -huh. though, by getting everybody on board and, and making sure that um, all of the different uh, tradesmen or, talk, or people talk <laughs> with one another. And that it, but um, there are a few great examples where prefab is being used. Uh -huh. um, like in France, in the Netherlands. Um, and, and what you can do with um, prefab renovation, like if you make sure that the um, the specifications are, it's, uh, you plan it all in advance and it's it's all done in the manufacturing um, facility. And then once it's done, all to your specifications, you just bring it on site and you can really do a deep retrofit of an entire house in a matter of two weeks. Mm -hmm. Where the people who are living inside the house don't even need to leave. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which really actually saves a lot of money. Um, yeah. Typical renovations are very complex and yeah. time yeah. intensive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, working on that and then um, we're developing a series of tools within that project as well, um, such as calculating um, PV, like whether solar makes sense or how much. Um, PV economy tool mm -hmm. or um, looking into trainings um, and this monitoring uh, 
tool that we just uh, talked about in the mm-hmm. session where yeah. it's a database yeah, yeah. and the um, a simplified monitoring approach where you can just kind of, you don't have to be an expert. You can install it on the building yeah. and then actually see the real performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a, a lot of things um, in the works in that project. Still. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, and just quickly going back to the, the session. So mm-hmm. what, what was the big takeaway for you? Well, I mean, I think for me, the takeaway, it's clear that the results, politics, um, the results of policies are always a compromise. Um, you try to get the best out of it that you can, and you need policy to push action. But you don't necessarily need it to act at all. You can, you can also get a lot done that goes over and above Mm-hmm. And um, so I think you see this kind of interplay between, okay, what is the, the top level, say, trickling down? Mm-hmm. But, hey, what can the bottom level do trickling up? Yeah. What kind of great examples can we set that mm-hmm. then pushes policy to be even more ambitious? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think both the top down and the bottom up are very important. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I feel like I could sense a little bit of frustration mm-hmm. <laughs> between those different levels that maybe there was a little bit of a disconnect mm-hmm. from the top down yeah. and then the, the bottom up where it was like, okay, you're, you know, we're doing all these things, but who actually just... Um, controls or who, who makes sure that it actually gets built that way. So there not needs to be some kind of um, almost like a feedback loop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also to um, connecting it to realities on the ground. So it's like, well, oh, that sounds great. But what does that mean for me Yeah, as a, as a municipality, as an architect, yeah. as a region? Yeah. Um, and then also to the landscape is just very confusing because you do have all these layers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and there is also, you sensed a bit of frustration on the EU level itself, because even within the EU level policy, yeah. there's a lot of naysayers and there's a lot of fight back yeah, where they have yeah. to make those compromises that yeah. our speaker today didn't necessarily want. You could tell between the lines, he didn't say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but I, th- I think we aren't dependent completely on and yeah frameworks are great and important really important but we don't have time yeah. to push forward yeah, yeah. and especially in a situation like in the u.s where um maybe not all of the policy is as advanced as you'd like it to be move forward and do it anyway yeah perfect <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time and putting this session together or moderating it it was it was really great Thank you. Thank you.